You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. And so what I want to talk to you is this, is that I want to today help set intercessors in place for your church. Okay? Intercessors in place. Now, this is a deep message. Some of you will be able to swim to the deep end, go down and touch the bottom, come up. It's good. It's awesome. I understand intercession. You know, I've, I've been raised in it or whatever it is. Um, but for some of you who are new in the faith, who might be a little young, and all you probably know and understand is this, prayer is good. Okay? Now, this is what I ask for you, that if, when I'm talking today, if you don't fully understand what I'm saying and the depth of what I'm saying, please don't shut me out. Because then I'll start hollering, and y'all don't want that. Okay, but don't shut me out. Just do this. When my kids, I will take them to the deep end every now and then. But you know what I do? When they were young, I put floaties on them. I was like, you can come and see what the water's like in the deep end, but you have your floaties on. So this is what I mean. If you don't fully understand what I'm saying and you're trying to grasp it, just enjoy the depth of the water, knowing that one day God's going to ask you to take your floaties off and see what you can do. Okay? Pretty simple, right? Because we're going to end up talking about dancing with snakes and... I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm messing with y'all. All right? We're not going to talk about that. You shoot snakes. Shoot snakes. Don't weed eat snakes. Don't... I tried that. Tried that. You know what happened? I was weeding in my ditch, and there was a little copperhead. They're poisonous. And it was a little copperhead. He's about that long. And I was weeding, and I said, oh, I got you now, fool. I turned that weed eater over, and the weed eater grabbed the copperhead, and he went up in my face. You know what I did? Grabbed that thing by the head and bit its head. No, I didn't do that. I screamed like a girl, and I am, people are driving by, and I'm in my ditch going, I went and got a shovel and chopped that thing up. So we kill, we kill snakes. We don't dance with them. Okay? We stomp on their head. All right. And so, the kind of future this church will have will be largely determined by who takes up the mantle, that means the responsibility and privilege of intercession. Okay? Listen to me now. The kind of future this church will have will be largely determined by who takes up the mantle, which is the responsibility and privilege of intercession. I want to look at two things today. I want to look at what is intercession, what does intercession produce, and who could intercede and who should be an intercessor. Okay? All right. Everything we see in our daily lives is a manifestation of our prayers or the lack thereof. Let's say that again. Everything we see in our daily lives is a manifestation of our prayers or the lack thereof. When I was doing the praying in the Spirit for 40 days, the Lord told me this. And you know what it did? Whenever I went throughout my day and something bad would happen, I would say, this is a manifestation of my prayers. I got this. The Lord's with me and has set me at peace. And I can deal with it. See, there's nothing that happens in your daily life that God does not know about. God's not beside you going, man, I didn't see that coming. Oh, oh. Okay, that's, that, that's, not, that's not who God is. You got to understand that as you pray, I am praying, and as I pray, everything I experience in my life, now I get to look through the lens of communion and intimacy with the Lord. Okay? It changes everything when I know God's with me in a situation than it's just Travis in a situation. All right? Because I handle things way differently than Jesus does. Okay? Jesus crushes snakes. I weed eat them and scream and all that kind of stuff. All right? Okay, that's a metaphor for life, by the way. Wisdom. All right, so let's look at intercession. What is intercession? Isaiah 53, and I'm just going to glance over this real quickly. And this is talking about Jesus. If you've ever read Isaiah 53, it's talking about Jesus. I want to just start in verse 3, and I just want to read just a couple of verses, and then we're going to go to the end, okay? So watch this. He was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows, a man of pain. 
Okay? Satan is not the person of pain in the Bible. Jesus is. It's fascinating. Watch. And he acquainted with grief as one from whom men hid or hide their faces. He was despised and he, we esteemed him not. Meaning this. Mankind did not hold Jesus Christ in an honorable way. Because anyone who hangs on a cross or hangs on a tree is what? Cursed. So they did not honor him. I'm going to say this to you, and I want you to understand something. This might not have anything to do with intercession, but whatever pain you feel, physically, spiritually, or in your soul, Jesus Christ understands it, he bore it, he invested in itself in his body, and nailed himself to the cross so that you would go through your pain and he will be with you. See, right there is the greatest case for God interceding in my life because he hung his own son. So that when I have regret, when I have grief, when I've been rejected by my friends, when I've been fired from my job, I know this, he felt those things on the cross. And it enables me to go through life victoriously. It doesn't enable me to go through life without pain. I didn't say that. It enables me to go through life victoriously. Let's keep reading a little bit more. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our pain, our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. And we see there it says, we pierce for our transgressions, crush for our iniquities. Skip over to verse 11. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall the righteous one, uh, my servant, make many be accounted righteous. He who knew no sin became sin for me so that I might be counted as the righteousness of God. Amen. Okay. Good. Amen. And he shall bear their iniquities. Okay? Our constant leaning towards sin. I don't know about you, but I got a, I got a, I got a constant bending towards sin. I always do. And if you don't, if you say, well, I don't, you, okay, you lying. You have a constant bending towards lying. To yourself, first of all. Don't tell me. All right. Verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet we bore, yet he bore the sin of many. Now watch this. And makes what? Intercession for the transgressors. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Turn to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. Now, this is a powerful interceding prayer. Matthew 26. You want to know how Jesus intercedes in prayer? Okay, let's watch. This is how he intercedes in prayer. Verse 36. Then Jesus with them, his disciples, went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and what? Pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He began to be what? Painful, sorrowful, and to begin to get troubled. How many of you ever experienced soul trouble? Storms? Fences? Empty bucket? Okay, we've been there. Okay? Now, there's nothing worse. This is, this is what I love. I don't get discouraged whenever I try to hold a prayer meeting and not everybody is really invested in it except me. Okay? Even some of the leaders in our church, you know, like, you know, I want to be praying and stuff, and they're just kind of like, and they're checking their phone. I'm like, get off your phone. We're praying. Okay? Jesus has a prayer meeting in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he takes two of his best disciples, and you know what they do? Fall asleep. I, okay? Now let's keep reading. He begins to get uh, troubled and sorrowful. Now it says this, verse 37, And taking with him Peter and uh, John... Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Now, this is what is interesting about this prayer that Jesus prays, this intercession prayer. All right? Was it his own sin that he began to take to the Father and discuss? No. 
Was it mine? Yes. Was it yours? Yes. Was it the Old Testament saints that sacrificed in faith? Yes. And so now Jesus is afflicting, watch, this is very key in intercession prayer. He's afflicting himself with the troubles and the pain of somebody else for their benefit, not his. How many of you ever prayed a prayer for your own benefit? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Lord, help me, blah, 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 blah. But how many of you ever gone to the depths of prayer where you were so troubled because you emphasize and you know somebody that's going through something and you go to the throne room and you're interceding? It's two totally different. Two totally different. Okay? This is Jesus' greatest intercession prayer right here. He's afflicting his own soul for the betterment of somebody else, and he's taking it to the Lord in prayer. And he's casting it down on his father. And here's what is great about it. He's taking the trouble, the sin, the sorrow, the pain, the anguish, everything. And he's beginning through prayer to take it upon himself. And what comes out is this. Let your will be done. Keynote here. Listen to me. True intercession takes the burden, the bondage, and sin of others and taking it to the cross in prayer and praying the will of God, the perfect will of God for somebody else. I'll say it again. True intercession takes the burden, the bondage, and the sin of others and taking it to the cross in prayer and praying the will of God, the perfect will of God for somebody else. That is what intercession does. It means this, I carry not only my burden in prayer, but I take time and I carry yours in prayer to the cross of Christ. And I say, Father, not my will be done in their life. How many of you ever prayed that? Lord, you need to get the. That's your will be done in their life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I prayed that prayer. Lord, let me, let me have five minutes with them. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. You know? You get in an argument and you don't know what to say. And then you're taking a shower and you're like, man, I should have said this. And you're just arguing with that person in the shower. Y'all ever do that? Just me? Oh, come on, y'all. Raise your hand. Don't make me feel stupid. Y'all do that all the time. You argue with that person. Listen, why? Because you want your will done in their life. But a true intercession prayer takes their burden and even their sin, their wrongdoing, even if it's wrongdoing against you, it takes it to the cross and it says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done in their life. Okay? Right? That is what true intercession is. Now, let's look. What did Jesus' intercession do? Look at Hebrews 10, verse 11. Hebrews 10, 11. You having a good time? y'all bring a snack bar? Did y'all bring a snack bar? you bring any Nutter Butters and those little things? Those are good. Amen. I got an amen on that one. I say Nutter Butter. People, amen. Oh, I'm just preacher. Okay. Verse 11. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice. And when we say priest, we're talking intercession. Priest, intercession. He's going to the Holy of Holies with the sin of the whole Israelite people and sacrificing to cover their sin. All right? Now watch. Which can never take away sin and never took away sin and just covered it up. But look at verse 12. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For a sing, by a single offering, he perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Read that scripture again. He perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Future history, future history. He perfected for all time and eternity, Travis Elkins, that as I go through life and I am sanctified, and I'm heading towards that perfection that I already have in eternity. A Amen. Amen. What does that mean that he, he sits at the right hand of the Father? 
this is what it means. This is what Christ's intercession is. It's not like when it says that he lives to make intercession for us in Hebrews 7. It says that. He lives to make intercession. It is not like Jesus is in eternity since the day he rose from the grave in like a prayer meeting, you know. Hey, Jesus, uh, Christians are being persecuted. Not now. I'm praying. Okay? That's not what that means. That's not what that means. When he sat down at the right hand of the Father in a position of authority, this is what it means. Every time God sees his son, he sees holes in the wrist, he sees holes in the feet, he sees a pierced side, he sees the crown of thorns, he sees the scarred back, and when he sees that, he sees a perfected me. Church, listen to me, because if you are called to the mantle of intercession, you have to understand this. Yes, God is not surprised. You are not perfect, but you are perfected in His presence. That's why when I pray for somebody else, I don't have to carry my own sin and guilt and shame into the throne room, but I can go on their behalf because in His throne room, I am perfected even though I am not perfect. Because I believe in the power of the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ. Not on my works, because if prayer was on my works, they would fail. But based upon his blood, I now have boldness to enter in, not just on my behalf, but on yours as well. Everything, everything in my life is a manifestation of me entering into the throne room of God. Or the lack thereof. Okay? So right here we see that. I am perfected in His presence. Christ's intercession is able to save and perfect me so that when I ask anything in His name, y'all know that scripture in John? Ask anything in my name and it will be done. What does that mean? Ask anything based upon my intercession and it will be done. Say that again. Ask anything based upon the cross of Christ that is in line with the thought and the love of the cross of Christ and it will be done. That is the perfect will of God, is the cross of Christ. And when I ask anything in His name, in the perfect intercession of Christ on Travis Elkins' behalf, it is done. Sometimes our prayers do not get answered the way we want to because we are not asking in His name. I know we say, we say that, Lord, you know, do this. Lord, I ask that you do this in Jesus' name. But really, sometimes when we pray, we, we do this. We're really saying this with our heart. Lord, I'm asking you for this, this, in Travis' name. Amen. That's, 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 I'm being serious. You ask in your name, then guess what? It ain't going to be done in his name. And sometimes when you ask in your name and it's done in your name, you go, well, this is what I asked for. Yeah, you asked in your name. Here's what you got. Why don't you ask in my name? Well, fine. Okay? But that's what Christ's intercession is right there. When I ask anything in His name based upon His intercession work. Now, let's look at the Holy Spirit's intercession. That's the mantle we take up. Christ has a specific type of intercession, but we as a church who are filled with the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit in us, this is the type of intercession that we now begin to embark on. Okay? And it's very similar to how Christ interceded for us. Now, we can intercede for believers and unbelievers. Amen? Amen. Y'all say amen. amen. Now, we all have the ministry of intercession, just like we have the ministry of preaching. Everybody in here is a preacher. Do y'all know that? Okay? Everybody, you're going to preach something, either through your words or your actions. You're preaching. Everybody in here has the ministry of evangelism. Did y'all know that? Okay? Ministry of evangelism. Okay? Corey, remind me to pray for you before we leave. Okay? Evangelists right there. Evangelists are right there. People just stick to him. Okay? You're just so nice. Just so nice. Sometimes. All right? But we all have the ministry, right? All of us are called to be intercessors, but there are specific ones that are called to the ministry of intercession. Okay? Specific ones. So, like, I'm called to the ministry of preaching and teaching the Word of God. We're all supposed to be preaching and teaching the Word of God when we leave here. To some degree, some way, somehow. Amen? Okay, so now, with that in mind, Christ's intercession created a new way into the holy place 
But intercession of the Holy Spirit does something a little bit different. And I want to look at this. So I want to look at the first time the Holy Spirit interceded on mankind. Now, I want a little interaction here. When do you think the Holy Spirit was the first time the Holy Spirit interceded on mankind? Raise your hand if you, if you have an answer. And if you get a wrong answer, there's no such thing as a wrong answer or a dumb answer. Everybody's thoughtless. Great. Awesome. Okay. How many of you think it's Acts chapter 2? Raise your hand. Acts is in the Bible. This is church. Okay. Church service. My name is Travis. I'm wearing a vest. Okay. How many of you think it was there? All right. Okay. It's not there. Thank you. You should help me out here. You're my wife. Okay, you didn't know, no. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to show you when the Holy Spirit first interacted. You would have gotten extra recess time if you would have answered correctly. Okay? Genesis chapter 1. I want to see the, the first time the Holy Spirit interceded on mankind. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the what? Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, I want you to just picture this for just a second. I by no means know how believe in evolution at all, ever. No. I teach fifth grade science, so I know what I'm talking about. Okay? I don't believe in evolution whatsoever. I don't think that God started little proteins in the ocean and then they evolved into an amoeba and then a monkey came out, okay, and then Travis came from a monkey, okay, doesn't happen. Monkeys don't dress nice, okay, all right? So listen, I don't believe, it, that's a crock of bull. I'll tell you that right now, that's bull. What I do believe is that there's a deity so powerful that when he speaks, whatever he speaks comes into existence. Do you know what the Jews call the distance between the, uh, the nucleus and the electron of an atom? You know what that is? And whatever. It's atoms, molecules, and stuff. You know what they call that distance? The spirit. They call that the Spirit. So here we have the Spirit of God hovering over a void, chaotic, helpless, hopeless death situation. A vacuum. And it says He was brooding, hovering. Meaning this, the Spirit is standing outside of time, but He is closest to what is in time, about to say something into time, from out of time, to create something new. And so he's hovering right there. He's in between God and he's in between a voidless, chaotic situation. If you've ever had a void, chaotic, helpless situation in your life, let me encourage you to intercede in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because what that word brood means, he was hovering, means this. From him, something new was about to begin. And then we see that God then spoke. When I intercede, you, look, did you see how many people I prayed for? Did you see that? Did you, think, did you think that I just woke up one day and was like, hey, I'm just going to pray for people. I'm going to be super awesome um, type of prophetic. Or do you think that I interceded for 40, 70 days and started getting words for people. Why? Because when I intercede in the power of the Holy Spirit, God begins to speak to me. We say, well, that's fine, Travis. You're a preacher. You're a Christian. I mean, come on now. God can speak in the Spirit of God into your situation that you're like, this is hopeless. But when He speaks in a void, light shows up. It says, here you go, sir. I'm right here. This is light. What do we want to do? And he says, well, I'm going to divide you out. I'm going to make the moon. I'm going to make the suns. And oh, by the way, I'm going to make 
billions of galaxies with billions of stars in each one of them. It's funny how all that evolved. <laughs> Man, get a brain. By faith, we understand that the worlds were formed. The visible things we see were made from the invisible Spirit of God as Christ in the Trinity spoke through the Spirit in the power and light happened. He speaks and things change. Lord, we're going to lose this person. Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, this is happening. Lord, I don't know what to do. You need to go to the throne room in intercession and let God speak to you. And what He says to you, by God, say it. Say it. And don't mind what other people are going to think. But you need to say what the rhema of the spoken word of God says to you. See, the Holy Spirit intercession does this one thing, and this is key. It, cre- it does not change the future. Listen to me. Holy Spirit intercession does not change the future. It creates a new one. I, 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 I do this with my kids, my fifth grade students. I love, I love the fifth grade students because they're kind of, they're funny. Inside of each grown man is probably a fifth or sixth grade boy, you know, the only difference between us and them is that we know when to goof off and when to say funny things. They, they're still learning that. So, sometimes. Sometimes. Thank you. You spoke up. All right. Okay. And my kids, man, some of my students, man, they would say something that would be so funny. But I, and I would be dying in the inside. And I'd be like, don't, don't say that. It's rude. It's so funny. So stinking funny. And they asked me one day, they were like, one kid had a comic book in his free time and he was reading. And I was like, man, I like comic books. And he was like, Mr. Elkins, if you were a superhero, which one would you be? I said, I am one. And he goes, whatever, you're not a superhero. I go, yeah. I'm not, so I'm not like a Justice League superhero. I'm more like an X-Man superhero. Oh, really? What's your power? So, yeah, what's your power? I said, well, his little boy's name was Jose. I said, well, Jose, I'll tell you what my power is. I can change the future. He goes, no, you can't. I go, I just did. And the smart kids get it. They go, whoa. And he's just like, you didn't change the future. I said, I just did. He goes, how did you change the future? I said, I just, I just purposed in my heart to give you after school detention. Change the future back. Change the future back, Mr. Elkins. I said, I don't know. I might just change it again and call your mom. And that's when they get serious, you know. You always know which parent to call. It's like, I'm going to call your dad. All right, fine. I'm going to call your mom. Don't, don't, don't call my mom. Don't call my mom. You know that, that fear that comes over kids? You're like, oh, really? Well, then sit down. All right? But I said that to him. I said, I could change the future and just, you know, having all kinds of fun with them. But the Holy Spirit does not change the future. You have to understand something. Holy Spirit intercession creates a new one. Because the Holy Spirit will always make you face into the dark, deep water where there is no light. And He'll proclaim something for you to speak into it and then go after it. Okay? It's on a recording. We're recording, right? Okay, good. The Holy Spirit always creates a new future. If you are hopeless... Holy Spirit intercession creates a new future. If you see the future that's coming your way and you don't like it, then guess what? You don't have to sit there and try to change it. Holy Spirit intercession and create a new one. Listen to me. Listen, in my own life, let me use myself as an example. In my own life, Satan had destined for me certain things in my future. But the Holy Spirit interceded for me and came into my life and created a totally different one. Now, if He can do that for me personally, and if He can create a whole universe and reality that we live in, a new thing, what is your problem? I dare you to intercede and see what happens. Okay? Amen? All right. Now, the Holy Spirit creates a new future. Look at Romans 8.26. And we see this again. Romans 8, 26. We're getting there. Almost done. 
taste the worst. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, and he's talking about how creation was subject to bondage and futility and could not, it was always death, death, death. And then he says, likewise the Spirit. Now watch this. Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself does what? Intercedes. Intercedes with groanings too deep for words. And we'll come back to that. And he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit, what? Intercedes for the saints according to what? Will of God. Now I'm going to reread that one little section. I'm going to read it like this. The Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the cross of Christ. Okay? According to the cross of Christ, the Spirit intercedes. So meaning this. When I participate with the Holy Spirit in interceding for somebody, I am working out the perfect will of God in their life. I am going and I am taking their burden to the cross of Christ in order for the cross of Christ to be perfected in their life so that they may have a new, different future. Well, you don't know. Travis, they've been in rehab for 12 different times and they can't break it. Oh, let me intercede for a little while. Y'all see what I'm saying? No, they've been addicted to that forever. That's just who they are. Matter of fact, they'll probably OD and die. Let me intercede for a little while. If you don't take up the mantle of intercession, church, people will die because we have not spent time taking their sin, bondage, and all the way to the cross of Christ and praying the perfect will. Okay? Okay? Because my God is powerful enough to break anything that you bring to Him. Okay? All right. So it creates a new future. How many of you, when we see this, it says, we don't know what to pray and how to pray. How many of you have never known what to pray in a situation? I don't know what to pray. I don't want to pray. You know, you ask your kids, you know, before we eat dinner, hey, who wants to pray? My kids usually, but you know, I've been a youth pastor sometimes, like, hey, why don't you pray for us? I don't know what to pray. Well, we're about to eat food. Just say thanks for the food. Hey, there's a start. Pray there's no Ebola or E. coli in the stupid food and that it's cooked. How about that? All right. Fine. Thank you, Lord. See, was that so hard? Jeez. Okay. But we don't know what to pray. How many of you know what to pray for, but you don't know how to pray for it? Okay. Lord, I feel like this is wrong and this is the right way for some situation, but I don't know how to pray for that to bring it about. Listen, the depth of intercession you will not ever go into if you have shallow prayers with your own mind. Because your mind is finite and limited to what it knows. But God's mind is infinite and knows all things. Okay? All right. Here we go. Now, we just crossed that blue line in the pool. Okay? Don't look down. If you got your floaties on, you just stay by me and look at me. Don't look down, okay? All right? Whenever we pray in the Holy Spirit, like it says right here, we can pray and intercede knowing how and what to pray for in a situation, not just for ourselves, but for other believers that we know, not only that, for unbelievers who we do not know. Because Holy Spirit intercession will change the atmosphere of a city. All right. The perfect prayer is an intercessory prayer because it prays the perfect will of God. And it says there in Romans, it says, it was too deep for words. Meaning it was too deep for articulate speech. Meaning any kind of known language. No English, no Spanish, nothing like that. It was too deep. It was, there was a depth to this Holy Spirit intercession that brings about the perfect will of God in my life and in somebody else's life. Okay? All right. You ready? Let's talk about speaking in tongues. Can we? Can we talk about it? Let's talk about it, and then let's go eat some roast beef. Now look, the Lord told me, when we talk about speaking in tongues, because there's been, a, you know, people have talked about it all the time. Now, I do want you to raise your hand. How many of y'all pray in the Spirit, speak in tongues? Just raise your hand. It's okay. Okay? Bunch of weirdos. Anyway, uh, no, y'all ain't. Man, we love y'all. 
We love y'all. I do, and look how normal I am. Anyway, okay, when we talk about speaking in tongues and praying in the Spirit, let me tell you something. There's four different dimensions for speaking in tongues and praying in the Spirit. This is going to help you understand how to intercede. Okay? Four different ones. Four different dimensions. Like a box. There's four different sides. Same box. Okay? The first one, type of praying in the Spirit or speaking in tongues, is something that is used for translation. Acts chapter 2. Okay? So whenever there is a tongue spoken that nobody knows what is being said, there is a translation. Acts chapter 2, they get up there. What are they doing? Jesus says this, go there and pray. So they're there in one accord and they're praying. And then all of a sudden, they began to speak in new tongues. So that those who were from different countries were like, wait a minute. He's talking in my language. That's a translation of speaking in tongues. There's been stories recently of people going to Mexico who don't know Spanish and see some orphans or whatever, and all of a sudden, they start speaking in Spanish and lead the orphans to Christ. That is speaking in tongues. I go to Thailand. I don't know Thai. I know how to tie a shoe, but I don't know Thai. And I go there, and all of a sudden, I look at these people, and the Lord says, begin to speak, and I'm obedient, and all of a sudden, I'm speaking Thai. He said, well, that can't happen. The world was created because God spoke. If I believe that, then it! anything is possible. I don't have to go and get Rosetta Stone and learn how to speak Thai. God tells me to go to Thailand. I should say, okay, I'm going to go to Thailand. Lord, you know I only speak English? Well, geez, Travis, I didn't know that. How's about that? should have told me sooner. I wouldn't have sent you to seminary, it! Okay, you know what I'm saying? Jesus doesn't talk like that. <laughs> At least I hope not. He'd get to heaven and be like, hey, Jesus, hi, Travis. <laughs> what? I know you'd probably be messing with people. You'd be, you'd be in heaven and acting like Jesus, and they'd be like, you'd be like, what's up? And they'd be like, Jesus. You'd be like, yeah, no, he's over there. I just messing with you. How y'all doing? You know? I would if I were you. I'd mess with people. <laughs> hey, believers. <laughs> well done, good and faithful. All right. Jesus is Barney. All right, anyway. So the first type of speaking in tongues is translation. Okay? That actually happens. It happened in Acts chapter 2, and there's not an amen at the end of the book, so that means that it can and will happen again and again and again. Why? Because it is God's will that no one would be lost. So if he wants to twist my tongue and then all of a sudden I'm speaking whatever kind of Portuguese or whatever I need to speak in that situation so that those people would hear the words of Christ and the perfect will of God be done in their life and they come to know Christ, God can do it. Lord, here I am. Use me if you need to. But before you do, send somebody else. Okay. Now, the second type 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit. Intercession prayer. Let's look. Second type is this, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. This is called interpretation. Now, I've always wondered why God would want to manifest His presence and His will this way. Because it seems weird and awkward. Okay, To me, to me. Okay? To me. Some of y'all might be like, I love this kind of stuff. To me, it's always like, and this is what it is. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, uh, I'll start on verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding. Yada, yada, yada. Verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Okay, now, part of that is the interpretation. Now, this is what this means. We're in a worship service, and somebody over here begins to speak in a tongue that is not a known language in this realm and reality we live in. They just, 
Boom. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And what it does, it actually charges that person up. Now, somebody over here begins to interpret that word that that person gave for this house and this body. They say, well, why would God open the mouth of somebody and speak a heavenly language that maybe angels speak and then have somebody articulate it in English? You want to know why? I don't know. Because He can. Anybody that says galaxy and billions of stars come into play, hey, you want to make Him talk like that and then give them the interpretation for the upbuilding of everybody, kudos, good job. That's interpretation. This is what the example is. And sometimes the interpretation is a very short thing in a language that we understand, sometimes a very long thing. And you say, well, that's kind of weird. No, it's not. I asked my kids how their day was. And I get two different interpretations of the same day. Okay? I ask Lainey. I go, Lainey, how was your day? Okay? Now, she begins to interpret the whole language of the day to me. Well, Dad. And she just, and I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. What'd that boy say? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, just going on on. Now, same day, same language, different interpretation. Landon, how was your day? I learned a cuss word on the bus. What? He looks around he looks around the dinner room table. And it's just us. He goes, Yeah, learn a new cuss word. It's bad, Dad. And I'm like, ever since then, he doesn't ride the bus. <laughs> Ain't no interpretation going on there. Okay? I said, Well look, buddy, you're not gonna get in trouble. But tell me what was the cuss word you learned. You're not gonna get in trouble, just I wanna hear it. Because I'm going to be on that bus tomorrow. And he goes, well, it wasn't a word. And he looks around the table. It was like with the hand. I go, okay, bud. And I go, show me the cuss word with the hand. Let me see. Looks around the table again. That's the cuss word? He goes, yeah. Is it okay if I show you? I go, man, that's horrible. Don't do that. I told Rachel, I said, do you realize how much you cuss at your children? (laughs) Make your bed. Do you realize how much you cuss at me? Hey, Travis. But he was so sincere, man. He was just like, and so anyway. It was hard because like a whole week, I couldn't do this. It's like, hey, hey, hey. But you see, my point of that is this, is that same day, man, different interpretation. That happens in a church setting. There's an edifying of a multitude of believers where somebody gets a tongue and somebody interprets it. And depending on the personality and the person who interprets it, it might be this long thing or it might be, Do you see what I'm saying? Okay? So that is interpretation. The next thing about praying in the Spirit, the third dimension, is edification. This is for me. Whenever I pray in the Spirit, I now begin to edify myself, and my spirit begins to talk directly to God. And it surpasses my mental capabilities, which isn't much, but it surpasses them. Okay? And I says, it says this, I build myself up and I speak mysteries to the Lord. Why would it be important for me to speak mysteries that only God knows when I pray in the Spirit and Satan doesn't understand what I'm saying? You ever seen that, uh, that, uh, that movie Code Talkers where the Navajo, they spoke a language that the Japanese could not interpret? Why? Because now you're talking to God to manifest things in this life that Satan will have no defense for. Amen. It's like a it's like a Navajo code talker. Is that is that right? Right? And Satan is just like, I don't know what he's saying. Only thing I can do is put doubts in his mind that he sounds silly. 
No, I'm talking in communion with the Father, building myself up. It says this in Jude. Build yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. So that as I commune with God, now I'm asking and talking to Him, and it's not logical, it's super logical, because it's not based upon my mind, it's based upon His. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says this, But who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. Only if I begin to intercede and pray in the Spirit do I get to know what Jesus is thinking from His throne room. Because I hear my thoughts all day. I don't know about y'all. I hear my thoughts all day. And sometimes they change voices. Does that happen to y'all? No, just kidding. They don't change voices. Hi, Travis. Who is that? Okay. The fourth dimension is this. Intercession. Intercession. Okay? Translation, interpretation, when we're in a group setting. Translation, missionary work, don't know that tongue, don't know that language. That's praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. Interpretation, we're in a group setting, somebody just goes off in the Spirit, another person interprets. Third thing is, when I get into my prayer closet, edification, I begin to pray in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. I try to do it daily. Why? Because I know me. And man, I'm, I'm running fast as I can away from me. And when I pray in the Spirit, it builds me up. It builds me up. It builds me up. Now, fourth one is intercession. When I begin to pray in the Spirit, I have found out that now I am going towards the deep end of intercession. This happened to me when I did my 40 for 40. And it was, it was crazy weird. Crazy weird. Look in um, uh, Ephesians 6 where it talks about, you don't have to turn there, but Ephesians 6 it says, talk about put on the full armor of God. And it says this, and pray in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, at all times. It says that. Intercessory prayer is really a warfare prayer. Where you are battling the enemy with the cross of Christ. So let me give you an example. When we intercede, it is a deep prayer where I am taking the affliction from somebody and I'm taking it and I'm going to the cross of Christ, and as I pray in the Spirit, all of a sudden, I begin to afflict my own thoughts and emotions and soul with the problems of another person, knowing that I'm taking it to the cross to receive the will of God for that person, or maybe a word of God for that person. Okay? Right? I'll give you an example. So we're at a wedding. I haven't told these people yet, but we're at a wedding. And I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out how I'm going to tell them. So we're at a wedding. I do the wedding. I, did, I was wearing this. I was looking good. I did the wedding. And we got through with the wedding. And I'm talking to this, this person. And I'm talking to her. And I'm talking to him. And we're just having a good time, blah, blah, blah. And we got home from the wedding. And I told Rachel, I said, I'm going to go pray. Because I was doing this, like, just trying to do it consecutively. I said, like, I'm going to go pray. So I go up there, and I'm praying, you know, and I'm praying in the Spirit, all right? If y'all want me to do that, I can if you want me. But I was just praying in the Spirit. I started praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, and the Lord begins to speak to me about this person. He says, take her barrenness to the cross. I said, okay. I started praying in the Spirit. I started crying uncontrollably. Now, my family's not around because they'd be like, what's wrong with you? But I started crying uncontrollably as I'm praying for this girl. And I just began to weep and cry. And I took her burden and I put it at the cross of Christ. And this is what he told me to do. He says, go tell them I want to give them a child. And I haven't got the opportunity yet. I said, okay. Now, that's, that's some shaky, like, that's, I mean, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? You just don't walk in there, hey, Jesus wants you to have a baby, okay? We just don't do that. And so I saw his brother the next day, and uh, his brother's the one I married. <clears throat> and I said, hey, he was giving me the, the uh, I was giving him the marriage, uh, or the, he was giving me money or something, a marriage license, something like that, I don't know, marriage license. And I said, hey, uh, your sister-in-law and your brother, I said, uh, can, can they have, can they have kids? You mind me asking? He goes, no. He says, uh, the doctors have told 
both of them, it's not just her, but it's him too. They can't have children. He said, <clears throat> it makes him feel very small. And it's just, it's a real sensitive part of his life. And she works in the daycare at their church and everything. And I said, well, and I told him the whole thing. He goes, wow, that's amazing. He says, well, when you go to tell him, you know, let me know. And it's like, but the, that was confirmation for what I've heard, okay? And so when the point, when the point in time comes, because I took time out to intercede for somebody else, now, like the Holy Spirit hovered above the waters that was void, darkless, chaotic, and no life, I'm going to speak into it. Amen. Amen. Now you say, well, that's you, Travis. That's you. Of course that's, you can do that. Of course that you, you're a Christian. You're a Christian. You ever seen that movie uh, Patton? General Patton? You ever seen that movie Patton? My gosh. Patton. Patton. General Patton. You ever seen that movie Patton? The old movie? Come on, raise your hand. It's an old movie. Patton. Some of you that are a little bit older should have seen Patton. Some of you are like, you talk about Napoleon Dynamite? No, I'm talking about Patton, y'all. Okay? He walks in there and there's a cook. And the cook is all, you know, like his uniform's out, everything, you know, just kind of like this. And Patton walks in there and goes, what are you doing, basically? He goes, well, you know, blah, 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 we're doing this. He's like, you know, get your stuff together, basically, and, and look like a, you know, like you're in a war. And the, the, the cook goes, well, I'm a cook. And Patton looks at him and goes, you're a soldier, aren't you? Well, Travis, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm just your normal average Christian. You are a Christian, ain't you? You're a Christian, ain't you? Listen, we're called to this. We are called to this. If we don't pray... For sinners, if we don't pray for each other and carry each other's burdens to the cross of Christ, we are in some trouble. We are in some trouble. Amen? Now listen to me. Remember I told you about the echo? Okay? I told you about the echo, right? The beginning of service, right? Okay, listen. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you guys. If you feel like in this house... Now, if, you're, if you are a new believer, I don't, I don't want you coming up here. I don't want you coming up here. If you're a new believer, stay there. But if you've been following Christ for a while and you feel a responsibility to carry the mantle of intercession for this house, to create a new future for this house, to carry everybody's burden to the cross of Christ in this house, to pray for the lost in the city of this house. I want you to come up. I want you to come up. Good. 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 Okay. All right. All right, good deal, good deal, good deal. Holy smokes, all right, good deal. Very good, amen, amen. Okay, good. Now, it is a responsibility and it is an obligation, but it's also a privilege, okay? What you're saying by coming up here is saying, I take responsibility for their sin, not, not y'all's, but for whoever's sin, I take responsibility and I take it to the cross of Christ. I take it to the I take it to I take the burden to the cross of Christ. You are saying this. Now listen to me. Some of you might be weaned out here in the next few weeks because of this, but this is going to take time. It's going to take energy and it's going to be difficult. Okay? Because intercession is a warfare prayer. This isn't this isn't we're not entering into a shallow discipleship moment, guys. This is heavy, what you're about to embark on. And if you can't continue on it, gracefully tell Pastor Andy and Kim, say, look, it's just not for me. I really just need to sit and soak in the Word 
and do something else in the body of Christ. There's no shame in that. I get that. This is heavy, though. This is heavy. So I'm going to pray for y'all, and I'm going to pray for you and you and uh, Kim. And I'm going to pray for you guys. Okay? All right, Father God, we just thank you for every intercessor here. Lord, as you place upon them the mantle of intercession for this house, Lord, I pray that through their words that you might create a new future for this house. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to make them do an about face and face a new direction and call them to go into the depths of the water of the void and to speak new life into it. Lord, I pray that you would give them strength in every area to be able to carry the things that you've asked them to carry and the heaviness and the heaviness of other people's troubles. God, I thank you, Lord. Let their prayers arise to you. The sweet aroma, like incense before the Holy of Holies. Let it come into the Holy of Holies, Father God, and be something that is sweet to you. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here today, for the foundation of intercession for this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Andy and Kim. Come right here. All right. Just, I want to pray for you guys. I'm praying for you as a friend because I love you guys. All right. All I want you guys to do, you're just going to come around here. We're just going to pray for. Listen. A lot of times your pastor, the stuff that manifests in his life is because of your prayers. Let me tell you something. You complain about a pastor and his leadership, then bitterness will evolve in your life. And it will in his. You have to grace him with intercession. You have to grace each other with intercession. Do you all understand? Okay? What do you want to manifest in this house? I would say, pray for Andy and Kim. Amen? Let's pray for him. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. Give him strength and clear vision, Lord. Lord, let the things fall into the right place that need to. And the burdens of the old things, Lord God, have passed away, Lord. I thank you for the new direction. And Lord, for Kim as well, Father God, the same thing, Lord. Just strength upon strength, Lord. And grace, just the ornament of grace, Father. Lord, and the, the, the thoughts that come into their minds that of doubt or whatever it is or just trying to figure things out, Lord, I pray that they would just settle down and just be here, do the best, Lord, and that you would grace their way, Father, knowing that they have intercessors with their back and intercessors in this house, Lord. Lord, we speak to the lost and the void in this city, and we say, come all you who are burdened, Come, all you who are burdened, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, says the Lord. Come, all you who are burdened. Let the intercessors take the burdens from you and place on you the yoke of his mercy. Lord, thank you, Lord. I pray for protection over his family, for all his kids, Lord. Let them be like just like a Roman candle shooting off, Lord, one after the other. It's like one after the other, just boom. That's a fireworks house. May the light of your glory shine as they, they go off and do what you've called them to do, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Let him know, Father, let Andy know this is not the end, but it's just a new beginning, always and forever. When that time comes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you called him, Lord. In Jesus' name, and called Kim, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a pastor with a kind heart, Lord. Thank you for giving us a pastor with a kind heart. I pray that his kindness would grow, Lord, more and more. Give him clear vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. All right. You got a responsibility. There you go. Y'all go have a seat.